0: Hello, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Erica Michelle. I'm your host and I first just want to go on record to say I'm so sorry. I have been so inconsistent the last couple of weeks with posting um, my episodes and stuff. It's just been a lot of stuff going on in my personal life and we'll get on a little bit of that in just a few minutes. But let's get started with a word from the sponsor and then just jump into um, the podcast. Okay, so there's been a lot of things going on in my life lately. Um, We are, my family, are in the middle of a move, and it's an international move. And those things are kind of hectic. We've been in Italy for a number of years, and now we are headed back to the States. My husband is in the Army, and he's got orders to report back to the States. So, normally, an international move is a little bit more hectic than a regular move, right? Um, So... (laughs) Then you add the army into the whole equation and it gets like a hundred times harder just because information changes. You get the wrong information because the person was uninformed and then they forget to tell you information. It has just been crazy. And that's like normal. I feel like like people just feel like, you know, it's a whirlwind. Everybody's just like everybody I talk to anyway the spouses and the military members are usually just like, you can't plan on anything. So, and I think that's sad because this type of a move is, is, um, how do I say that? It's, it's stressful. It's very stressful. But then we add, you know, I have animals that I need to ship internationally, make sure they have the right paperwork and the right health certificates and you have so many days to get it all done and it has to be done before that and then depending on where you're shipping through because there's not a direct flight so it's just a big craziness on top of that we're having to like close out our contract with our landlord which is normal everybody does that right but adding to the mass chaos is that where we are going is the housing, the on post housing. The list is so long and people are like two or three months at the station before they get the house on post. And my husband didn't really want to live on post, but it was like, I preferred that as an option to be on post for a few months while we buy a house so that we could actually be there and look at the house and And walk through it and that kind of thing. But that's not going to happen. And so we didn't really want to waste our money on renting. Because renting, honestly, where we're going, it's almost more expensive to rent than it was to get a house. So to add to all my chaos, we are in the midst of buying a house. And that in itself, buying a house while you're away in a different country is hard. But where we are moving to, we know absolutely no one. Like we have known people that have been stationed there, but we ourselves do not know anybody. So because we're not there, we're having to find like friends of friends to be at our signing to sign our names. So then we had to get a, a power of attorney for just this signing. And yeah, it's just been chaotic. It's so crazy. I mean, at one point, they were like, like, you think it would be easier because they send things digitally and you can sign digitally. But we were getting all these blocking messages because we were international and their database is only set up for local or like it, um, the US. And so we had to buy a VPN, which we hadn't had one because we didn't need one. And so <laughs> We had to buy a VPN subscription so that we could sign our documents. It's just been, it has been crazy. And that has been life thus far. So in all the moves. So on top of everything, I'm stressing out because we had plans. And I had made plans to go see family and then head to our destination. And then because of information that the military did not give my husband, and they didn't tell him, like, hey, you're so many months out. You should look into this stuff so you can know what the protocols are. Like, there's nowhere. I've looked to see if there's somewhere online that says, like, the rules of leaving this place and, like, all that stuff. So, we had made plans, and then the Army told them, like, no, you can't leave the rule for this post, and I don't know if it's always been this post in Italy or if it's just been during this time that they made this rules. Cause I can't find anything in writing that you can't leave, um, this like Italy you can't leave Italy until up to, you can leave early, but only up to three days early from your D Rose date, which is your, your date to leave the country. I don't know exactly what it stands for, but so that messed things up because we were planning to take 60 days of leave so that we could visit family because my husband, I've gone back to see family at least once a year, but my husband has not. So he hasn't seen any of his family other than the the time when my mom passed away while we were gone and he came to the funeral with me. So... Other than that, he has not seen family. So I wanted to take that time to do that, but now he only has a few weeks from the time that he has, he can leave Italy and then report to his next duty station. So he's only got a few weeks in between. And that time is going to be spent moving into our house and learning the area. So we we, always thought we'd have a few weeks to go travel and see family and then, like, get to our place and then figure things out. But now we just have time. He just has time just to come to the place and help me figure it out. So that was a little sad for me because I really, like, enjoy traveling with him (laughs) and I don't get a lot of time because this post in particularly that we're at they're gone a lot training because they cannot do a ton of training inside of Italy like they can do some of it but a lot of their like combat training is done in different surrounding countries so then when you have the expense of going to all these different countries they really like block in the time (laughs) because it takes a lot to bus or fly people in and it's a lot of coordination and so they're usually gone three weeks at a time four weeks at a time easy sometimes a few months you know so and then they're home for a little bit and then they'll go again so it's really kind of sad that we haven't been able to travel so much but I guess it's just getting us ready for this next venture in our life. He is signed up to be a drill sergeant, which is exciting for him. I'm not sure if I'm so excited just because I hear, again, it's a lot of time away. They have to, like, when you're a drill sergeant, my understanding is, is you have to be there before the, the cadets or whatever they call them, the soldiers in training uh, before they get up because you have to be there and then you're there all day and then you have paperwork and stuff after they go to bed. So really you are working longer hours than the soldiers in training. And so that is going to be hard. I, I think that they have like weeks that they're down, but the few people that I've talked to that are spouses of drill sergeants, um, that have been drill sergeants, sorry, um, they have said that usually that time down is spent recovering for them because they don't get a ton of sleep and that sort of thing. So it'll be interesting, but maybe this post has prepared me a little bit more (laughs) for the next one. So we'll see how this goes. Um, But that's enough of my rambling for my personal life. There are a few stories that I really want to get into, so um, let's get into those. So both of the stories that I want to talk about today have to do with partially or fully about the, the U.S. Army. So the first one um, has to do with the city of Vincenza and the U.S. Army garrison in Italy um, just a few days ago, the April 28th. So I guess it's about been a little bit over a week um they took a pause or a day to pause and remember the day that the Americans ri- arrived in Vicenza the city during World War II and um that was back in 1945 so they had this this big ceremony to commemorate this and stuff and but they had a special guest and this is why i thought this um story <laughs> was so Kind of, it like warmed my heart that they were trying to make this right, and they had her, this lady, as a special guest. Um, her name is Mary Mo- Mo- Moron. I think it's M I O N. She's currently eighty nine years old, but at the time she was thirteen when the Americans came through her village in San Pedro goo and she spent the night hiding with her mother in the attic f- in their farm. Um, along the main road of the town and just because they were hearing retreating Germans shots being fired near her house and it was a memory that kind of haunted her for years afterwards but she woke up the next morning the Americans were nearby her mother prepared a birthday cake for her so it was fresh from the oven the cake went in the windowsill for a little bit just you know, to kind of cool it off or whatever. And um, when they when they came back for it, they realized that the cake was gone. Um, so the Americans had helped themselves to it as they came in. I'm not sure the whole story as far as the military side, whether they were famished or, you know, whatever. But there was in the prior weeks before the ceremony, they had a best warrior comp competition here. And um, the winner of that presented this 89-year-old a, uh, a birthday cake to kind of say sorry that that happened. And she always thought it was um, a funny story as she kind of grew older and told the story. But when the garrison command, I guess, were... Told of the story, they decided as far as part of the remembrance um ceremony, they would honor her and, and rectify that situation. So I thought it was a kind of a cool story. And um so I thought I'd share you with that. So this next story is kind of a doozy. And you're gonna have to bear with me because it's like a soap opera. And I feel like myself getting like hyped up and I start talking so fast and then I like, stutter. So I'm gonna try to keep myself calm when I tell you this story. But it's about Major General Patrick Donahoe. And he is the c- commanding general of Fort Benning currently Uh he has been, it's been said that he has violated regulations for years while using his rank and position to retaliate against anybody who tries to hold him accountable. Um, as a general officer, he was no stranger to a controversy surrounding his online social media presence. In fact, there's a publication from Breitbart um. On July 26 regarding the calling out on Twitter for his followers to block and report people that he called trolls or disinformation tinfoil hat team. This was after he had in one of his tweets he had encouraged people to be vaccinated, um, and his conduct on social media went beyond unprofessional when he calls for a mobilization of those that decided to speak out against what he was tweeting. Um, Now, that in particular situation, I think, was a line that he was toted from, you know, the, the President of the United States, who's the head of the army, right? So I think that that line that he was toting was kind of coming from above. It was still inappropriate because when you have people just say, like, you, you're you supposed to be a soldier for freedom, right? We we are America, we stand for freedom of choice and those types of things. So when people um, talk against you, especially on social media, he, sh- he should have just let it go. But he instead of that, he retaliated and had and asked his followers to kind of retaliate for him, right? So that was a big boo-boo on his part. Inappropriate, absolutely. Um, there seems to also be a lot of social media interactions between him and young female soldiers that are in schools under his command. Um, this violates many of the rules of the Army. Um, some of those rules being soldiers of different grades must be careful that their um, interactions do not create an actual or clear perce- perceivable Undue familiarity between the officer and the enlisted soldier cannot compromise or perceive to compromise the integrity of supervisory authority or chain of command. Cannot actual or perceive partiality or unfairness involving or appear to involve the improper use of grade and rank or position of person for personal gain. Um, There's a bunch of different ones, but. A lot of it says, like, um, you can't really, unless you're talking about work or that sort of thing, that it really discourages, especially way higher ranks coming down. You just have to be careful that you're not being seen as getting too close to one of the, and helping just them, right? So, whether you think that that's fair, that's the rules, and as somebody in his position, his position is to enforce those rules. So if you're going to enforce something and then not follow it, then that's a problem. Now, if you have a problem with the rules, then that's something we need to change. And And I do think that we need to get a look beyond like just all about work. But I think those rules were put in place to help so that if someone wasn't just helping somebody to get a date or get whatever out of them, you know? So I think those rules are set in place for a reason. I also don't think that these accusations would be, would give, be given much merit if he was online talking to both, both sexes of soldiers, right? So if he was talking, if they were, he was talking beyond just the females, then, in this type of manner or familiar manner, then I think there would be less weight to these allegations. But as it is, there is a hefty weight to these allegations. Um, I know that his Twitter feed, this is where a lot of the stuff went down is on Twitter. And I know that his Twitter feed used to be public. It is now private. But, you know, I think that since this whole thing began... And there was a lot of controversy. I think he just kind of said it to private. Um, another part where we think that it's clear to me anyway um, that he used his rank to retaliate um, against somebody was in the circumstances involved Captain Seth Reader. Now, Captain Reader was under his command and filed a complaint about his inappropriate interactions that were happening between Donahoe and some young females that fall fell under his line of authority. Um, now that complaint was filed. Once that complaint was filed, anyway, um, he uh, Captain Seth Reader was relieved of his command. He was also given two disciplinary actions, and he will face some kind of board that may jeopardize his career in the army. It may not allow him to continue his career in the army. And and the way that it's set up, I believe that if it goes badly, he may not even get the benefits that he has worked for, like the retirement that he's had um, for the time that he's been in the army, and maybe... Benefits afterwards, and so it may really mess up this captain's life if that board goes badly. So, what happened the disturbing part of this whole thing is that Captain Reader was detained at a hospital, and he had to contact both his doctor and his lawyer, and they both said that he was being held illegally at this hospital. Um, he was held there for over 12 hours and had, once he was released and on his way home, three blocks away from the hospital, he was then pulled over by multiple military police. And this was after the doctor released him and after staff duty released him to be on leave. So the MPs tell him that they need to stop. They were told to stop him because he had, they had paperwork from his brigade and unfortunately, at the time, he had all four of his kids in the car and his wife. Um, the ages of the kids are like nine years old to to six months old. So there, it's late. It's tired. If you go to the YouTube video, um, Terminal CWO, you will see because um, he is on the phone, car phone, with his lawyer, and his wife is videotaping the the interactions of this whole thing. So. Um, they tell him that the paperwork, the brigade said that he had to undergo a mental evaluation because he was assessed at risk. And at this point, this is when Captain Reader um, says, says that he understands what they're trying to do, but that the bylaws of the military, that when it comes to dealing with mental health, he explains to them that the change of the man a chain of command has to let them him know the factors of why they think he's at risk. That is one of the things that they legally have to do. And at that point, they had not done that. So the MPs were telling him that even after that that he was signed out on leave and the doctors released him that um he had to go and be held at the barracks for 24 to 48 hours. Now, the whole interactions, I can tell you by far, he is professional. And I almost think that he's inhuman because he was so respectful to the MPs, even though he had just endured 12 hours at the hospital of being detained and then let go. And then being in the car with his four kids who are crying, you can hear them in the video, and then again being detained. I just, I think most people would have lost their mind at that point. And um, at no point does he lose, lose his cool. And even at the end of his interactions with the MP, he thanks them and apologizes for all the confusion. And then they finally did let him go. Now, even after this interaction with the MPs, after being held, he goes through the installation's gate and he find, then finds out that there's a bolo issued out for him. And it's a bolo's, like, be on the lookout of four or whatever. And it was a bolo that anytime he enters the installation, that they would be flagged. And it would just add five to ten minutes of security checks. And this is crazy because Captain Reader lives on post. So he has to come in and out of the installation gate. So if you're a military person, you know that going through the gates at certain times, sometimes you're going to be, and depending on this installation, there's a lot of different variations, but it can take five to 10 minutes to get through a gate at an installation. So if you're adding this bolo that adds five to 10 minutes extra, you're looking, could be looking up to 20 minutes, you know, minimum, like to get through a gate which is just more of a nuisance. Um, Later, um, he was able... He had to go get a mental health evaluation because they did redo the paperwork and they did eventually get the paperwork correct. And so he was seen by a licensed professional who deemed him not to be a threat. Um, The professional um, therapist, they did say... That they highly recommended that he not turn in his personal weapon to his chain command. I'm not sure why that was put out there. Maybe because they were requesting it. But he said that that's not something that, that should come about. Which, in the end of all this, what's crazy is that Donahoe is going to be presiding over this board for Captain Ritter um, that should be happening soon here, actually. Um, He's the one presiding over it, and he's the one being accused of all this stuff. So it's so crazy to me that that Donahoe will preside over a board that he's retaliating against this person. So it just doesn't seem, it seems very sketchy, to say the least, right? So, but Captain Ritter is not the only one. There's a, a Colonel um, Budahas, I think that's how you say it, Budahas, and he wrote um, or filed a hundred plus page IG complaint against Donahoe. Now, at the level of Donahoe, um, anytime there is a complaint against him, Um, there's some kind of trigger he's let known that there's a complaint. Now, without looking at the complaint, Donahoe automatically, I guess, thought it was his G3 Colonel Hathaway that had made the complaint. And to retaliate against um, him, he gave Colonel Hathaway a poor officer's evaluation of his performance. And uh, of course, Hathaway did not like this. And there was a Lieutenant General Ted Martin, who was the deputy general of TRADOC. Um, I think I said that right, TRADOC. And he was forced to get involved and had to overturn the poor valuation because, again, it was, it was a ridiculous thing for him to do. And Donahue, Donahoe did it just to retaliate. Now they fix that situation. And then Donahoe actually reads the complaint. And, um, so the way that it's supposed to work is that when the complaint goes through, they're supposed to redact the name of the person filing the complaint so that that's not in it. And I'm not sure if they missed a few, but, or if they just automat <laughs> forgot to redact all of it, but no, here nor there. At some point, it does say that Budahas is the one that filed the complaint. So Donahoe finds out, and um, when he actually reviews it and is able to find out who submitted the complaint, that is when Donahoe started treating Budahas um, poorly at work. And he treated him so bad that he eventually forced him out of his chief of staff position. And once he was gone, Donahoe filled the position with some someone that was a longtime friend. Um, there are also reports that before Donahoe had become the commanding general, um, he had multiple complaints dealing with equal opportunity, and it looks like all those the filings that were against him, all those complaints were kind of swept under the rug and the complainants were paid off. And that's how they fixed that. And I don't know, I think the army is the one that swept that under the rug. It just shows like, it doesn't do any favors. Like if you do that as an army and you sweep things under the rug and you don't get rid of the person, they just become more of a problem and they think they get away with it. So... It's not that I don't believe that that didn't happen because that's something that could happen. Um, Now, Donahoe has announced that he will be retiring early. Again, his actions are being swept under the rug and being able to retire quickly and quietly with no disciplinary action coming about for him. And I just think it's unfair because I've known a few other people that have done some inappropriate things and asked to be, to retire early or whatnot, but they've actually lost ranks before they were allowed to retire. And I do think that something needs to come of this because it can't be okay. Now, what that does is when they, or my understanding of what that does is when it affects the amount that you get when you retire. If you lose rank, then you will get less when you retire, right? Right. So I think something, he definitely needs to get out. Um, I don't think that it's fair that everything that um, Captain Ritter has worked for in, in the military could be gone completely, and then that couldn't happen to Budahas. Uh, so I just think that the whole system is unfair. I think that when you get to that level, that he should be held more accountable. So, um there should be something that says if you have these allegations and you're at this level and it can be proven, there is no early retirement. You lose everything and you're gone, you're fired, right? I personally think that because you can't expect people at a lower rank to do something that you're not willing to do. And I feel like you are the higher rank, highest ranking officer on that post, you're in charge of that post, you should have more weight on you. You know, you should be a pillar of the community. Otherwise, step down. I'm not saying you have to be perfect, but you this is full life like this is not where anywhere near perfect. Like he's totally retaliating. There's multiple people coming out. There's multiple people saying, you know, this was inappropriate. And every person that comes up, they either get swept away or he retaliates and gets them until they go away. Because he makes their life so miserable and threatens their livelihoods, um, so I don't know. I just think that this is a story that needs to be told, and it's ap- important for us as um, as citizens to make sure that our military and our are being held accountable for their actions. They represent us. They are there to fight for us, and it's not okay for them to treat these people. If we have people that are putting complaints saying that there's inappropriate conduct, that we don't want inappropriate conduct in, in the military. So those those complaints need to be taken seriously. And if you have someone, it's not like it's one person saying this. There's multiple people that have filed complaints and multiple complaints that have been sworn swept under the rug. So there is something here. So to let him retire quietly, I just think it's wrong. And so um, I'm going to, again, just plug this um, Terminal CWO uh, YouTube channel. I'll link the channel in the description of this podcast. I really think it's important. They have a lot of stuff, but do your own research. Reach out to whoever you think that will be... um, to I don't know like we just need to hold them accountable I don't even know I think there's a petition that's going to be I'll try to find the petition that says there need like they think that there needs to be more than just retirement I don't know that we can even do anything since that's already been set but we've got to try people need to be held accountable um for their actions and you know, I I just think that there's so many complaints here that it can't be all, everybody's lying about him. You know what I'm saying? So if it would have been one person, I could say, okay, they're doing, looking into stuff. This could be just one person that's got, you know, a, a vendetta against them. But that's not what it seems to be. There's multiple things in here. And I didn't even go deep dive on this. And so there's probably way more. So... Just at the surface, this is ridiculous. This is something that, um, you know, Major General Donahoe needs to be held account- accountable. So that is the second story. Let me know what you think. Do you think that he should be able to to uh, retire early and just be gone? Do you think there needs to be um, some kind of pay decrease on in his retirement? Do you know this, General? Do you think that this is bogus information? Let me know. Let me know what you think. Um, But thank you for joining me on this podcast, and I hope you found it somewhat informable. And sorry about all my rambling.